All right. I always get a lot of people messaging me, asking me how I find the best deals for my flips and my long-term and short-term rentals. I'm going to tell you how I do it. I direct source properties utilizing a company called PropStream. PropStream is an amazing, amazing uh, platform. It allows the user to combine any number of criteria and extract a list of properties that meets an exact investment profile. They have nationwide coverage for all kinds of cool lists like pre-foreclosures, bank-owned properties, high equity, vacant properties, tax, IRS, utility liens, and so on and so forth. It is it is just such an incredible platform. I mean, you know, this is how I, I I locate my own and off market properties. I generate lead list. I bet my properties. I assess my risk, calculate feasibility, and so on. Like, if you guys aren't using PropStream, you really really should. So go to https semicolon forward slash forward slash trial dot propstreampro dot com forward slash rei society. So basically, trial dot propstreampro.com forward slash REI society. And that's going to get you a seven-day free trial. Go ahead and sign up today. Welcome and hello, everybody. This is the REI Society podcast, where we are informing you everything real estate and business related so that you can be successful in REI investing we're sharing the tools, tips, and stories from people who have already made it. And my name is Brandon Thompson, your host. Each week, we'll bring extraordinary guests so that you can learn real estate from the best. Hello, hello, hello. Hi, everybody. Today, I want to talk to you about the biggest mistakes I have made flipping. So this will be a quick solo episode. And, uh, you know, I've been doing this for 17 years and I, I've recently asked my audience on Instagram. If you're not following me, it's at Brandon G. Thompson on Instagram. I am recording my day there. I'm, I'm you know, just showing everybody my deals and, and things like that. But it's a really good place to learn a little bit and see the insights of flipping uh, and, and rentals and short-term rentals and so on. But yeah, I had my audience, I'd ask my audience, uh, what would you like to hear on the podcast if I do some solo episodes? And one of my audience members who is a previous guest on the show, is, a, is Julian Colbert. And he asked me to uh, share what my biggest mistakes flipping were. With that said, let's get into it. I have not even wrote down any kind of things that I was going to talk about. So I'm just kind of spitting off a cup because I wanted to be organic. But if I can label some of the mistakes I've made over the past 17 years is the first and foremost thing is looking at what everybody else is doing. Uh, what what does that look like? Looking at what everybody else is doing, I'm trying to keep up with them. And you know, especially since social media. Prior to the uh, 2008, there wasn't social media when I was in real estate. But you know, let's just say 2003, 2002ish. Uh, before up until 2008, there really wasn't social media, so I didn't have this problem. I was just living life and just doing my thing, making money, and didn't have comparison syndrome. If that was if that was a a thing. But since 2008, and especially over the last several years, when you see a lot of people jumping into the business, you feel like people are outpacing you. And I lost myself along the way. So now you're like playing this comparison game like, well, this guy's flip is nicer, or that person's flip 
sold so much quicker than mine and it's in the same area. What the freak did I do wrong? So you start judging yourself. And then on top of that, I, I am looking at what other people are doing and I get into a game of pushing myself to buy, buy, buy because I need to outpace my competitors. So that's put me in a bad position over the years. Um, comparison syndrome, especially with Facebook. A lot of the guys are on Facebook and Facebook groups. We have a lot of uh, private Facebook groups and that pushes me. It's good. It's good. It's good because it pushes me up against the wall a little bit and makes me get off my ass. But it's also bad because I'm trying to play that game of keeping up with the Joneses in a sense. Another thing is, is under rehab in a home. You know, you got to pay attention to your area. I purchased the property in Bindings a few years with my former business partner. And we picked it up for $500,000, put $150,000 into it. Total all in, six fifty. And the home is only worth six fifty. On paper, it's worth a million. But we couldn't get rid of it at a million. We couldn't get rid of it at $50,000 drops. 18 months later, we had to give it away at six fifty. And I think by then we lost 50 grand in interest and um, uh, you know, different things we've done. Like that was, that was some bullshit. So under rehabbing a property, you got to pay attention to the area you're, you're in and you have to realize your skill set. We are starter home to mid-grade rehabbers, but we're not luxury home rehabbers, or at least we weren't back then. I could probably handle one now because uh, I've done a million dollar home for the first time ever, which is my personal home. But that was really shocking and, and it was a learning curve for sure. We got to play with other people's money and we made mistake after mistake after mistake. and. Uh, it, it, it was bad. Another thing is over rehabbing a property. You're over rehabbing a property. You're putting all the bells and whistles on a property in an area that, and I did this just last year, in an area that doesn't call for those kind of rehabs. So all my sexy flips in Atlanta, East Atlanta or Decatur or whatever, I'm putting, and if, those, if you aren't in Georgia, it's a, it's a, it's a really trendy area. You're listening to this, like, what is East Atlanta? What is what is Decatur? Look it up. It's it's a trendy area, but you have these areas in your state too, in your city. But I'm making these homes sexy in that part of town. But then I'll go flip a home in more of a suburban side of town that is starter homes, the you know sub middle class you know neighborhoods, and I'm putting all the trendy stuff in there. And I and yeah, the damn thing flies off the books with low offers. I can't get people give me the. $30,000 I wanted to force into it. So I practically only make $10,000 on, on a property I over rehab. So that was a learning curve I had last year. I'd never done that before. I've, I've under rehabbed a couple of times. And, uh, you know, especially that bindings when that one bit me in the butt. We, we had so many people giving us so many negative responses on, on the rehab. But over rehabbing, I had never done that before. That was definitely something I've realized. I need to pay attention to where I'm at. Like, you know, so I, that was in a West Georgia kind of rural slash city-ish feel, but there wasn't that trendy feel. So I flipped the switch and started doing farmhouses over on that side of town. With that said, it's, you know, it's definitely something that I learned by making multiple failures. I had to, or, or, or not by making multiple failures, but having multiple failures. And then I finally, had successes. Once I realized I don't need that trendy stuff on that side of town, I need farmhouses and 
upscale farmhouse, but not too upscale. And they're make they're flat off the books. I'm making money left and right. You pay attention to your you pay attention to your area. I, I do homes in other spots that are more conservative feeling. You know, they're base grade remodels. They're not too trendy. They're not too farming. You got to pay attention to your demographics. Like who's living where? What are they doing? What's the income level? That's going to tell you how to rehab the home. And then you look up other listings in your area. You look up other people that are flipping homes in your area and see what they're doing. And, and if it doesn't call for a certain specified type of look, don't do it. Or if you want to try it out, don't put all this money into a home that it shouldn't be having in the first place because you're not going to get it back. You know, you think you're going to get your, your cosmetics back dollar for dollar, but there are times when you won't. All right, guys, this sponsor is REI Society itself. REISociety.com mastermind is where I want you to go as soon as we get done with this episode. Or go ahead and book the link right now on your phone or laptop, wherever you're listening to this. This is where I'm doing a 30-day real estate investment virtual boot camp mastermind. It combines the exact strategies I've used to triple my income and design my real estate career. It's a virtual mastermind about creating clarity, taking massive action, and getting tangible results. There's no travel required. You can do everything from the comfort of your smartphone or laptop. What I do need from you is full engagement towards the realizations of your goals. You're going to learn about wholesaling, flipping, rentals, and short-term rentals. Basically, creating income from thin air while never utilizing your own money. Learn how to you know, determine values correctly, work with contractors without getting hurt, design a home quickly and to sell a property quickly like a pro. Learn how to use the Burr method and build a long-lasting portfolio so that you can have passive income and create long-lasting wealth. And then how to build a multi-million dollar portfolio and how to become a five-star super host quickly in short-term rentals if you're interested in that side of the game. We'll help you set up your office, your digital office, set up marketing so you can get more leads, acquisitions, finance, construction, management, liquidations. And you also get a 30-day mentorship by yours truly and my wife, Tiffany, in a closed Facebook group. You're going to get all my documents, all my lenders, everything go to reisociety.com forward slash mastermind right now and sign up today. And right now, because of these unprecedented times, we're giving a 20% discount on our cost of the classes. Thank you. So those are three, those are some three mistakes I've made. Let's see, what else? What else? What else? Over leveraging, over leveraging. That's been a problem. I have essentially over leveraged before the recession in 2008. And I didn't have money in the bank. So you buy, 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 but you don't have money in the bank. Well, let's just be honest. You're fucked. Um, pardon my French, but <laughs> if, you, if you don't have money in the bank, you shouldn't be buying freaking 30 homes and flipping them at a time. You know, yes, you can get into real estate. If you got the deal and it's a good deal, you can, you can buy a home and it's, it's, going to be really good for you and, and, and a lender will give you a loan on it, but you don't need to, I mean, you don't need to get a mass quantity, quantity of houses flipping. You don't have money in the bank. You've got five grand in the bank. You don't need more than one home. Make a profit on that home that you're flipping. Reinvest the profits, you know, spend minimally if you have to live off that profit and then be patient and take time 
because you're not going to become a millionaire overnight. It's going to take you know, hopefully not as long as it did for me, but it, you know, which took like 10 years, but you're going to go slow as a snail space. Say, let's just say you save 80% of your profits, you live off of 20%. In a couple of years, you'll have enough money in the bank to mass uh, duplicate yourself and buy more properties and flip more at a time. One of my coaching clients, he's, he's just now at the point after like two and a half years in where he's trying to scale. He's, he's asking me, should I do this? Should I do that? I said, do you feel comfortable? He said, yes. I said, how much money do you have in the bank? I want to say, he said like $30,000, $40,000. I said, yeah, do two or three. Maybe do four. If you feel comfortable. You have the right skill set. You know what you're doing. And you have good non-recourse loans set up. You've got partnership deals in place, not having to pay interest necessarily in, in all of your deals. So yeah, but you, but there again, let's talk about interest. If you have to pay interest payments and you only have 30 grand in the bank and you have a dip in an economy, kind of like maybe what we're seeing now, that could be bad. You need to be cognitive of where you are at financially. Because that's gonna that's gonna be detrimental to your your flipping game. So that's something I would recommend is be cognitive. Just make sure you you have the finances in order to handle the volume that you want to handle. And if you don't, don't do it. Don't attempt it. So that's what ultimately set me up for failure um, in the economic crash of two thousand eight. Other pitfalls I've experienced is. Advancing money to contractors. There again, this isn't scripted. I'm just coming off of this off the top, you know, the cuff of my head. Advancing money to contractors. I had a gentleman, this here again, 17 years into the business. This happened again last year. I'd never done this before. I wasn't paying attention to my game. I was flipping 30 homes at one time. Uh, could have easily done 100 homes last year, but I pulled back towards the fall because the fall went, you know, got slow. But I had a new contractor. He had done a property for me. I made like $48,000 on the home. I gave him a second job. He was doing the work and draws, which is customary. The guy does the work. I give him a draw, $10,000. This is a $40,000 job. Um, he does the work again. As for a draw, I give him $10,000. So he's $20,000 into a $40,000 job. And then a couple of weeks go by. I don't hear from him. Call him up, go to the property. I'm like, look, there's no work going on. What's going on? He's like, oh, yeah, we've been doing this. We've been doing that. By the way, I'm at a standstill. I need to pay my guys and I need to order cabinets and granite. Can you go ahead and give me $10,000 so I can go ahead and start the next phase, third phase of the four state uh, phase project? I'm like, yeah, I gave him $10,000 in advance. Guess what? Guy disappears. I go back two weeks later. It looks the same way it did the time before. And the dang property is pissing me off, quite honestly. So I call him up. He's not answering. I text him, he's not answering. After two or three days, I finally leave him mean voicemails. Say, I'm, I'm suing you, blah, 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 blah. He finally calls me up, he cusses me out, disappears. I gave him an advance. You don't freaking give contractors advances. You never give a contractor an advance. Even if you've been working for them for years, you don't know what they got going on in their lives. And let's face it, you don't want to be friends with contractors. I mean, I hate to be like this. I mean, you can love on them, you can edify them, you can support them, but, you know, sow life into them. But don't go into this thinking that they're your best friend. Don't do that because they will take advantage of you. These guys will get these guys will uh, get comfortable. So that leads into another point. I've let contractors get comfortable with me. 
I've become a little bit of a pushover over the years. I'm like, oh, these guys have been working for me for years. So they get comfortable. Now I'm starting to see stuff being sloppy. I don't say anything. I finally like, I'm nice about it. Like, do this, do this, do that. And then they, I go back to property. They don't do it. Now I'm having to be very stern. I finally get it done. But after multiple times of saying something, when I see something, they're like, oh, okay. No, you know what? After so, I've had a lot of uh, interesting experiences in the last year. So the last two years, uh, I separated from my former business partner, which is a great guy. Uh, he went off to do his thing. I went off to do my thing, both working with our own spouses now. And I've had a lot of hardships with interesting situations because, you know, he was handling all that side of the business. I was handling the janitorial side, operations and cleaning up messes and things like that. Pretty good at systems and things, but now I'm having to deal with people and contractors again, which I haven't done really in a few years. Um, so dealing with that crap and interesting situations handle yeah, happen uh, all over the place. So I am working with these guys. And now I'm finally, you know, after seeing all this crap happen, I'm at the point where I'm going to go ahead and say something now. I'm like, screw this. You're fucking up. I'm going to let you know about it. Go fix the shit or I'm going to have to fire you. So well, let's talk about it. Like, it's healthy to have conversations, healthy to have um, to spearhead it and, and tell them what they did wrong. Give them a couple of attaboys. And this is the stuff I've read, I've read in books. Give them a couple of attaboys, but then tell them what they're doing wrong. Say, look, you're, you, you know, I'm giving you a lot of business. Go fix this. Uh, or if you can't get it fixed, timely fashion or do it right, you're not going to get any more business from me. And that's fine. Even if you've been working with them for six years. So these are some things I came up with off the top of my head. This is some things that I really feel like can bring value to people that are just getting started or have been doing this for a couple of years. If you've been doing this for 20 years or 17 like I have, like you would think that this would have been common sense. But hell, let's face it. You as a flipper become comfortable. After several years of doing this, you've had a lot of successes. You've got money in the bank. You don't feel, you feel like your, your, your contractors can be trusted. And you don't go look at your properties. You're trusting them to do what they do. And they're chopping the balls and things like that. And you just don't you know, really see it until you're forced to see it. So another thing, the last parting uh, advice I can give you is to don't be comfortable even in your own game. All right, guys. I hope this helps somebody. Thank you, Julian, for proposing that question. See you guys next time.